Hey friend, are you struggling to find consistent paid speaking gigs? Do you want to know the exact six steps that you can take to find and book more paid speaking opportunities in 2024? Well, we want to make that easy for you. We've created a new free resource with the help of Dan Irvin, one of our highly successful speakers on our team. Dan has booked over $100,000 in paid speaking gigs in the last few years, and his six-step process is going to help you maximize your chances of getting booked and paid to speak in any industry. You're going to learn how to get started prospecting, master discovery calls, and proposal emails and so much more. All you got to do is go to thespeakerlab.com slash steps and we're going to send you this 18-page guide straight to your inbox. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash steps and you're going to get that free guide. Hey, thanks for listening. You're awesome. Hey, what's up, friends? Grant Baldwin here. Welcome back to another episode from The Vault, which is a special edition of the Speaker Lab podcast, where you're unlocking timeless episodes by revisiting some of your favorites from the show. We are going deep in the archives today and are going to be joined by Melanie Diesel to take a deep dive into how to prepare your speech. Now, she has joined us many times on the podcast as a, uh, as a, as a show favorite and a team favorite. Uh, this time, she's here to share her very own personal routine. So we're going to go and talk about about everything from rehearsal to music to food to hydration and literally what she's doing moments before taking the stage. You see, preparation is key. We all understand that as professionals, and we're going to be covering it all in this episode so that you can feel super confident in your content and equipped to knock it out of the park when it comes time for you to deliver. So let's take a step back into the archives and uh, get to it. Here's more on how to prepare your speech with Melanie Diesel. Enjoy. What's up, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls? Welcome back to the Speaker Lab podcast. Grant Baldwin here, joined by Melanie Diesel. And today we're going to be talking about uh, preparing for your talk, preparing for your speech, and really kind of like what goes on behind the scenes uh, in the few last few hours, the, the 24 hours leading up to your presentation, to your talk. Kind of just getting your head right, getting your body right, getting yourself good to go. Um, and and w- w- we'll talk about it in a non-woo-woo way. Does that sound good? <laughs> That's the goal. All right. All right. So, um, all right. Give us kind of an overview. What are we going to be covering today? I mean, we're going to talk about all kinds of things because the reality is we talk plenty about the content, right? What you're going to be talking about. We talk about the business side of these things. But at the end of the day, you are a human person with a human brain and a human body. And those things have limitations. And sometimes we've got to take extra steps to make sure that we are ready to walk out there and, you know, give our, give our best self on stage. So we're going to talk a little bit about rehearsal. We're going to talk about how to prepare your mind, right? So the things you can do to make sure you're in the right mindset. Then we're going to spend a little time talking about preparing your body, which is obviously different for every person, but we'll talk about some of the things we do to make sure that we are ready to walk out there and rock the stage. Sounds good. All right. So let's start by talking about uh, rehearsing your material. So let's say at this point, you've worked on your talk, you've got the talk down, um, you've got it all like written out. Actually, just like take a quick step back. Like what's your process for that? So Do you manuscript it out? Do you do outlines? What do you do? So one of the things I do is I I actually build the PowerPoint first. Now, granted, not the PowerPoint that I would use as slides. I think very visually. So it's important for me, even if the slides or or I've I've done the same thing with post-its, right? I need to like look at what are those capsules, those stories, those stats, those points that I want to make. How do I reorganize those, which is easy to do moving post-its or dragging slides. And then what I will do is build a script based on that. So I kind of like make those points, rearrange them until I feel like the flow is nice. And then I will script out the finer details from that. Gotcha. So do you end up, you end up manuscripting it out? I don't know if I, I do full manuscript. I, okay. 
I, there are some parts that are fully manuscript. There are others that are more loose where I'll say, tell this story and yeah. I know how to tell that story. So maybe right. I haven't detailed every single, you know, snippet, but yeah, different parts are different levels of, of manuscripted out. All right, cool. So, all right. So let's assume that I tend to have more of a manuscript. Um, and again, I always tell people like, it's not a manuscript in the sense of like, um, you have to memorize every single word verbatim. I, I want to have the gist of it. I want to know where I'm going. I want to have the spirit of it, but mm-hmm. without, it's not a script that you're trying to know for a, you right. know, I have to get this line exactly like this. Now there's gonna be a few things that like, yeah, that it needs to be said this way exactly. in this order, but like the overall thing, I just need to know the structure and, and where I'm going there. So let's assume at this point, you've got the talk ready. Um, and let's assume that you've spent some time, you know, rehearsing. What does that rehearsal process look like for you? I think for me, what I tend to do when I'm right before the event is I I do not want to be learning new material leading into an event that is way too soon. Right. So I need to have that content down pat weeks before I'm getting on stage, ideally. Right. You know, maybe there's a last minute change that comes up, but I really want to try to have that locked in. So what I'm doing leading up to it is not so much rehearsing or learning, but really just reminding and sort of running through it. So what I tend to do is I will actually voice record, you know, with like the the voice recorder on the phone, mm-hmm. uh, on my phone and just voice record one run through that I'm doing where I'm full, full time, right? So all the pauses, all the moments, as much time as it needs to be. And then I listen back to that almost like I'm listening to a podcast. I listen to my full talk while I'm, you know, at the airport or, you know, at the gym, which maybe it's not the most motivating. I don't know, but, you know, using, using the audio that that's just, again, knowing the way that I learn, I tend to learn that way. So it, it, it's helpful for me to review in that manner. Yeah. At that point, you're really just trying to internalize it. Like, you know, where it's going and you know, um, you know, what comes next, but you really want to make sure that you, you really know it, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And it's kind of, um, like the way I always like to think of it is, is, um, you know, if you ask me, like, you know, tell me about whenever you met your wife, right? And, and I'd be like, oh, I, you know, I'd love to, but I, I don't have my notes here. You know, like, <laughs> I really, I want, I know that so well that, yeah, I'll totally, I can tell it right now. And it's something that just mm-hmm. comes fresh. And so it's instead of thinking, like, I want to be comfort, comfortable and confident enough with the material that I'm not having to constantly go back to my notes. I'm not having to constantly depend on my slides, but I know where I'm going. And it also allows me to be fully present and engaged with the audience and not just so deep in my own head. And I think we've both seen speakers who like they're just so deep in their own head of like here's what comes I have to think of the next line and okay now okay I'm saying this so I have to move take five steps to this part of the stage and Mm -hmm. to do this thing with my hands and they're just so they're just thinking about it so much that they're not present and engaged with the audience so yeah it's important to like really make sure you know the content and know the material and not like uh, like the best speakers in the world are not speakers who just say like, well, I'm just, you know, going to get up on stage and wing it. Like they don't yeah. do that. They spend hours and hours and hours practicing, rehearsing, going through the material time and time again so that they really know it uh, before they get up on stage. And what's your review process? Like you don't do the audio recording, right? You do something else? No, I don't. I um, What I tend to do is I tend to manuscript it out and then I'll actually print it out and I'll kind of go through almost page by page and kind of build on top of each other. So mm-hmm. I'll go through the first page and just kind of reading it, reading it, reading it. Um, and then I'll put my notes down and kind of go over it and speaking it. And like you said, it's not just in my head. It is speaking it out loud. There are times where um, I've walked around holding a, a remote or a pen or something in my hand 
especially if you're doing uh, something that requires you to use your hands or, or do something uh, that has some type of visual aid. And just thinking through, um, uh, for example, there's a, a story that I tell where I am, um, I bring my like a high school yearbook, like an old school yearbook, and I, I use it on stage. Well, I have to think through like, okay, if I'm going to hold this in this hand and I need to open it and I need to turn to this specific page to show this specific thing, and I have one hand to do that with, like that's logistically not, something's not going to work there, right? I need to think that stuff through ahead of time and not while I'm on stage going, oh crap, what do I do now? So, uh, so I'll go through just kind of like page by page of learning the material and then I'll just, okay, now I'll start from, now do page one and two. Okay, now do page one, two, and three. Now do page one, two, and just keep going like and building on top of each other. And like you said, this really comes down to when you're doing new material that you've never done before. Uh, mm-hmm. Oftentimes, the more you do the material on stage, the more comfortable that you feel and the less that this needs to happen over time. But especially early on when you're learning new material, you're spending a lot of time time going over and over and over and over to really internalize it and make sure you know where you're going. And I think this is always an evolving process, right? Because even as you have new talks, you're hopefully your expertise is tight enough that you're going to be relying on some of the same stories. So there are some of my stories that I've told hundreds of times on stage, right? And there are others that maybe I've done them 20 times. There are some stats that I only had to use that stat one time at that very specific niche conference. So if I were to use it again, I would need to review more because it's been a long time. So, you know, again, you don't want to be doing that right before you go on stage or the night before, the day before. That is too soon. You're going to add a lot of pressure to yourself. So a big part of showing up and being your best self on stage is understanding, knowing, and feeling comfortable with your material. And that comes from rehearsal in the weeks and months leading up to that. Yeah, one other thing that I'll do is um, uh, if I'm doing like if I'm doing a new talk, if I'm doing some new material, or if I'm doing things out of order than what I would normally do, um, usually I'll take a a little piece of note paper, like whatever that is in the hotel room, and I'll scribble down like a couple of keywords, you know, so um, yearbook, car. Um, uh, uh, Disney, um, skydiving, a few of these like keywords that those four words mean squat to everybody else, but I know exactly what all those stories are and I know exactly where to go with those. Um, so sometimes I'll just have that and I'll just, I'll have that in my pocket that I'm, while I'm backstage, I'm kind of looking at, and, um, it kind of reminds me of, um, like comedians, comedians will have like a bunch of bits that are kind of put together. And then, and then I, you know, I'm talking about pineapples and then I'm transitioning to talking about, you know, airplane travel. And I'm talking, you know, you're just like, wait, what? But they have just those key words that they just know how I'm segueing and transitioning from one thing to the next. And a really good example of this, this is a a documentary I've mentioned many, many times. And I I know we've had different guests who've mentioned it, but um, the documentary comedian with uh, Jerry Seinfeld, uh, it's an old one from, I think like in the nineties, but it's on Netflix now and it's showing him working on a, uh, basically a, a TV special, um, that he's rehearsing his material and going through his material. And so before he's getting ready to deliver kind of this, the, the, the final presentation of it, um, it shows him in his hotel room and he's got a little note card, uh, just, okay. And then he's just this word and then this keyword and then this keyword and then this keyword. And he's just going over the key words of just knowing, I don't need to go through the whole story. I just need to know I'm going to tell this story and then it comes to this story and then I go to this thing and then I can make this point and then I use this stat and they just know where they're going. So that's a really good one to, again, go. Have you watched that before? I haven't. Oh, it's in my queue. Oh, it's you in get, my queue. Okay. All right. You'll get to it. You'll get to it. <laughs> Download it. Watch it on the next flight. All, all right. right. So uh, rehearsing your material. Um, let's talk about like then leading up to the, the couple hours beforehand. What does that process look like for you? 
For me, leading up to it, I mean, I focus a lot on the mental side of things, right? Because I think it's very important to be in the right mindset. It's very easy for me to personally, I know myself, it's easy for me to feel distracted or to feel stressed if I've got other things going on in the world. So a lot of the time leading up to it is I'm actually focused on the mental side of things. How do I get in the right mindset? How do I get my energy up? How do I maintain focus and make sure that I'm actually, you know, really present? Like you were saying, you know, you're showing up and you're present on stage. Um, So one of the things that I actually really like to do is, is listen to music. Um, you know, it depends. I have a playlist that I listen to uh, on Spotify. It's like a girl power playlist that like makes me feel pumped up and like ready to go. Um, so I will do that, but it's gotta be something for me with a fast beat so that I feel like I'm moving, I'm getting my energy up. Um, you know, I don't know. Are you, are you a fan of music I, before I, you head out? Uh, usually not. There, I used to, um, I don't do this as much now, but I used to listen to that uh, Eminem song, Lose Yourself. I just had that on repeat and just over like just you're going into battle right now, right? You're just getting fired up for it. Um, I know of another speaker who listens to the uh, the soundtrack from Hamilton and like just like that just fires him up, you know, before he, he goes to speak. So, again, like there's no right or wrong way to do it. And some people who uh, I tend to I don't listen to music as much uh, now. And it's more like I'm just going through my material and I'm just I'm ready to go. I often find, too, that and I'm curious what you what your take is on this, that they the. the um, the, I guess the level of the event, so to speak, uh, and the stakes of the event kind of determine how much prep I need to mentally do to get up for it. You know what I mean? It's kind of like, like from a sports analogy, um, if you're playing a preseason game versus you're playing a championship game, there's Mm -hmm. a different level of like, all right, I really got to work up to this, to play this, to even want to show up here versus like, oh yeah. Like it, like if I got to have a pep talk to get fired up for this type of event and this high quality of an event, you know, on this big of a stage or whatever it may be, like something's wrong with me. So I find some of that determines like there's some events where like, I don't need a pep talk. I'm ready to go. Just give me the mic. I am fired mm-hmm. up to, to go. Yeah. I think it's different for everyone. Right. Like, and it's it, a lot of this comes down to, and, and we'll talk about this several more times is like knowing yourself, knowing what conditions you work best under and trying your best to maintain those conditions when you're in a speaking environment. So for me, I know that one of the things that makes me feel high energy is listening to hot to fast music. So that's what I'm going to do right before I go out to kind of recreate those conditions for myself. Um, The other thing that I do is I actually, I know you talked about your note card backstage. I actually try not to even touch the material for like an hour leading up to when I go out at least. Um, And the reason is, it will kind of pull me out of the mindset. It makes me feel like I'm studying for a test. Like, okay, I've only got an hour and I, you know, you know, it, it kind of puts too much pressure on myself. So I, I really try to prepare in advance so that I don't feel that pressure in the hour leading up to when I walk out. I always try to make sure um, I, I go over my note card and I'm kind of looking at that, just making sure that I know the order there. The other thing I remember hearing a speaker say one time is they really focus on what they're saying in the first 10 or 15 seconds and almost thinking of it like a, like a domino. Like if I'm really confident in what that first line is, once I start getting, once I get that going, then it's like, it's so easy, right? You just go on, you just not like, not like you go on autopilot or something, but you just, I know it comes next and it's you momentum. just, yeah, you just, you, you start to go into the zone almost. Um, but I want to make sure that I know what the first thing or two is that I'm going to be saying. So that's the line I'm going over and over and over to make sure I get up, say that, and then I'm off to the races. I would say that absolutely the most rehearsed portions of my talk are always those first like minute or two and the last minute or two, because those are to me, again, the most, the really the most powerful points like there, you really want to stick every word that you're saying, you know, make, make the most of it, understand, like you were saying where your body is in each of those moments to to make the most of it. So yeah, those things are, are second nature to me now. 
Do you get nervous? Or do you have butterflies before you go on? I don't. I really? don't anymore. No? I get excited. And I think yeah. it's because of that music. Like if I weren't listening to music, if I were just standing there in the silence, like waiting like 13 more minutes, yeah. 12 more minutes counting down, it would feel like this big anxious thing for me. If I'm listening to music and just, you know, moving around a little bit, I'm just feeling like, oh yeah, I'm ready. I'm just having fun. Everything is, everything is great. It, um, it, another good example of this is um, that Netflix documentary with uh, Tony Robbins. Um, came out a few years ago. It's very PG thirteen. He's uh, he uses some very strong language, so uh, warning there. But um, it, see, you see a little bit of his what he does behind the scenes before he speaks, and he kind of walks through his own little prep checklist there of things that he does. Uh, listen to music, jump on the trampoline. He, he does. He has a tiny trampoline. Tiny I, I trampoline. Every every time I see like a headline about him or anything, I just think of the tiny trampoline now. And he jumps on that. He jumps and jumps and jumps and jumps. Jumps, and jumps a jumps. lot. And it just yeah, for him, it's just um, uh, getting the blood flowing and getting you know physically in that place where he's he's ready to go. Well, and speaking of physically, right? That that is the moving, the jumping is kind of crossing that line between the mental prep and the physical prep. So yeah. maybe let's talk a little bit. How do you how do you protect your voice, right? Because that is really our tool. You know, this is yeah. this not unlike a singer or you know an actor. Like this is our main tool. So do you do anything special to kind of keep your voice strong and healthy? Well, I think one thing you have to do is you just have to be aware of that. You know, so if you know that okay, I am going to a conference and I'm a super extrovert, um, which I'm not, but if you're super extroverted and you're just making the rounds and you're like, I'm speaking uh, on day four, but I'm going to day one and on day two and day three, and I'm going to talk to everyone. I'm going to go to all the networking events, like. Are you going to have a voice by day four? You know, like you just have to be aware of those types of, of changes. So I try to really minimize the talking that I'm doing. Um, I try to drink a lot of water. Uh, sometimes I'll do hot tea like in the morning uh, or leading up to the uh, uh, talk. But generally, I just try to I try to avoid people. And it's <laughs> kind of like a philosophy in life in general, whether I'm speaking or not. But it's, it sounds horrible. But um, yeah, just drinking a lot of water. I tend to prefer uh, room temperature water. I think cold water starts to have like a negative effect on your throat. Um, so yeah, I don't, um, other than like, just drinking a lot of water, avoiding people, resting. Um, like those are the main things I do from a voice perspective. Those are just everyday things. That's it. That's just, that's <laughs> Tuesday for me. For, for once, we're in the exact same camp. I am also I'm also on that on that same side. I try, um, especially the day that I'm speaking. I don't yeah. have any interviews. I don't have any phone calls. Like I'm I'm not you know barricading myself in the hotel room and not using spoken word. But I'm trying my best to kind of not over talk, not get my, right. my voice strained at all. Um, I do a lot of, I'll drink a lot of water. The thing for me that's important is I drink a lot of coffee in my actual daily life and I drink mostly decaf, right? I'm not trying to make my heart explode here. Um, but, uh, I know some people think like try to avoid that the day of, for me, I try not to mess with my routine. So yeah. I will continue to drink the same amount of coffee I would normally drink still decaf um, day of because I don't want to throw myself off. I don't want to create these like weird exceptional conditions for myself. Um, so I do still drink coffee, but a lot more water. Um, and I know that there's a lot of people who swear by this like throat coat tea. Yeah. A lot of our speaker friends are like, you know, there's worshiping, worshiping at the, at the altar of throat coat tea. Yeah. There's, it's like a, a magical elixir of some kind. And there's some spray. I've seen some speakers just mm-hmm. swear by and yep. they just, um, uh, yeah, I, and I can't even. It looks like a someone performer secret. Is that yeah? It looks like someone with a tux on the bottle. <laughs> um, but yeah, they just they love it. And a couple squirts of that, maybe. Uh, again, I've never used it before, but I know people who swear by it. And I, again, I think a lot of it depends on how much talking you're going to be doing. So um, 
like I know you and I tend to do more, you know, an hour block type of thing. And typically like if you do some like basic stuff, you'll be fine versus, um, I remember talking, uh, hearing about this several years ago from Brendan Burchard, who was saying he does like two or three, four day, all day seminars. So if you're like, uh, you know, doing that or even like some of what Tony Robbins does where he's, he's on stage for, you know, 12, 13, 14 hours in a day, that is a lot of talking and the voice is going to have major, major strain. So you really got to think through some extreme levels of what you're doing. But if you're doing a lot of like all day workshops, all day seminars, all day trainings versus like an hour here, hour there, then your prep is going to be different. Yeah, I'm a little nervous. I'll have to report back in a few weeks. I have a five day span where I'm doing keynote, keynote, day off, and then two full day workshops. So I may, I don't know, I may learn some, some tough lessons about protecting the voice. I need to report back. Good to know. All right. So, uh, what about food? Do you, do, do you eat ahead of time? Again, I know different speakers have different preferences on this. Uh, I got a buddy who like the day of, he does not eat anything and he just swears by it. And I'm just like, dude, I, I'm going to be lightheaded. I, I got to eat, yeah. you know? So what, what do you do when it comes to food? Listen, if I don't eat, I get hangry. Yeah, no totally. To right. So I, I know my limits. I, I do eat in the morning, so I'm not hungry up there. Um, but I don't eat right before. Um, and the other thing that I don't do is eat anything new or different, uh, which, you know, not to sound like a diva, but again, you don't want to have a weird reaction to something. You don't want to get a stomach ache. You know, you, you don't need to, to mess with, with mess with your body that way. So something safe, something predictable. Um, I'll eat in the morning, uh, but not, not immediately before I go out. What about you? Yeah. Same thing. Like, um, one variable is going to be like, if you're at a, um, sometimes I'll speak at like a banquet and they serve a big meal, you know, buffet or service style. Um, and now here's our speaker. Right. Uh, and so in those situations, sometimes it just depends on like what they're serving. You know, I don't want to have like some huge meal and like, here's a huge thing of pasta. Now, you know, hop up and do your thing and try not to burp into the mic. Um, but sometimes it's just like, Hey, I just, I need a couple bites of something or, a granola bar or um, a protein bar or something. Yeah. Yeah, Just something to like get something in your system there, drink a lot of water there. Um, But just, yeah, thinking that through the other thing is like thinking through like the time of day that you're speaking um, and how that like overlaps with meals and when you would normally be eating, what your normal routine is on that. Uh, And some of that again is just kind of like testing what makes sense for you. I Mm -hmm. tend to just like, if I'm eating, uh, uh, I'm going to eat my normal stuff, but I'm just going to be aware of, how soon I'm going to be speaking after that to make sure I'm not just feeling lethargic and dead afterwards. And this is probably a good time to point out that you may want to bring snacks with you. Right. So especially if you're traveling a lot or you're going to be on a different time zone, your body's going to, you're going to be hungry at weird times when stuff may not be open or not being served. So, you know, have something, you don't want to go up there hungry. Yeah. And I, I am embarrassed to admit how many times, like, I don't know about you, like after I finish speaking, then I get hungry and it doesn't Mm -hmm. matter what time of day it is. I'm like, it's 11 o'clock at night. I need to find some ice cream somewhere. <laughs> I'm just, cause also like you're speaking is just like this adrenaline rush and you just feel like high on top of the world. And like, I got to come down from that buzz. So let's have some ice cream at midnight. And that probably doesn't help at all. Now that I think no. about it, <laughs> do you do anything else uh day of just uh like, do you work out at all? I, you know, I don't, and you know, all of this, I'm being consistent at least, right? Yeah. I'm not the kind of person, I don't have like a morning run routine, you know, yeah. I don't, I don't have something that I need to stick with, right? I work out irregularly because I am on the road so much, so I don't try to hold myself, and I think for me, I just don't want to add pressure to myself, right? I think for me, if I woke up day of speech and I was like, I must go to the gym, it would feel like I was forcing myself, so, you know, I'm trying not to mess with that routine, but I do know that there are some speakers who they wake up, they run few miles in the morning and that like that gives them their energy so i think a lot of it's consistency do you do are you like a 
day of gig marathon runner? Not at all. No, no, yeah, like you said, like the routine stays the same. Nothing out of the ordinary. I don't want to just. Hey, I got a big talk tonight. We should try some new, you know, weightlifting routine. Like, we should go run five miles and hope it doesn't affect me tonight. Like, you just don't want to throw yourself out of the the norm of of what the rhythms are. And in fact, we actually did an episode recently on this, episode one sixty six, uh, with my buddy Sean Stevenson on how to stay healthy when speaking on the road. Um, and we get into the nitty gritty on that stuff. That guy is a uh, extremely smart um, and better shape than I'll ever be. But he's extremely smart when it comes to health and nutrition, especially when it comes to travel, um, which is difficult. Like I was just traveling a couple of days ago. I know you were too. And you're just, you're in an airport at odd times and like, I need to find a meal, but all I want to eat is any ends pretzels. And that's probably not the best thing. So just thinking those things through ahead of time, Sean talks a lot about that. Again, that's episode 166. So make sure you check that out. Yep. I'm big on packing snacks. Part of my carry on. It's yeah. a whole bag of snacks. whole bag of Snack pack for the road there. Um, All right. So do you do what else do you do when you're backstage? All right. So half hour, hour before you go on stage, you're just, which the other thing too is like as a speaker, you're doing a lot of waiting. Like that's one thing Mm -hmm. like uh, we don't always talk about is you're just, you're sitting and waiting, sitting and waiting, sitting and waiting. And sometimes it depends on the conference schedule where there's times where, Hey, you, you, you're the session starts. There's going to be a few opening words and then you're up. But I remember I did one a couple of years ago where it's like, it's a four hour session. And like, I'm the last thing. Well, like at that point I'm exhausted just from like sitting back there. Like I haven't done anything. Like I just want to get on stage there, you know, get it going, get it out of the way, get rolling. Um, so what do you, what do you, anything else that you do while you're backstage? So I talked about before that I listen to music. That's a big thing for me. It's like I do that up until the point where I'm about to walk out, basically. Yeah. You know, and if if there happens to be music on in the venue, I'll, that's that works for me. But I'm listening to music, and I'm usually moving. Like I don't I don't have a, a Tony Robbins tiny trampoline that I travel with, uh, but I do. I bounce around a little bit. I'll yeah. shake out my arms. I shake out my legs. I'll, I'll hop up and down in place. Um, it is just about getting that blood flow moving and also like getting my body moving because yeah. I'm not just going to walk out there and stand in one place. I'm going to be walking and leaning and moving and talking with my hands. So I want all those things warmed up. So I just do, you know, music and a lot of like stretching and, and shaking things out. Yeah. I kind of rotate back and forth. Sometimes I'm just sitting in a chair um, or sometimes I'm just kind of pacing back and forth. I tend to try to find a place backstage that's away from everybody else. Again, some of the introvert mm-hmm. side of it and some of it just, I want to make sure I'm mental. I don't, I, I just don't want to be like having a ton of chit chat. Um, again, some of it depends on the the nature of the event, but um, sometimes I'll just try to find a, 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 a not necessarily a quiet corner, but a corner away from people where I can kind of pace back and forth, be with my own thoughts and, uh, and be ready to go. But yeah, jump up and down a few times um, and maybe a couple jumping jacks. But yeah, other than that, like I'm, I'm ready to go. Give me the mic. Let's go. Exactly. Yeah. Once I get the energy up, I'm good to go. And I, I actually am in the same, like, I agree with that. I, I also usually will try to find some space off to the side by myself to kind of like, you know, reconnect, slow things down uh, before I start my, my little mini dance routine. So my middle daughter, uh, when she was little, she got in this phase where she would always say, no people look at me, no people talk to me. And so my wife and I still to this day repeat that. So before I speak, no people talk to me. All right. I'm ready to go. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be over in the we corner. Need, we Just need t-shirts. No, no people. No people talk to me. No people look at me right now. <laughs> I'm into it. Uh, we'll get t-shirts. All right. There you go. <laughs> All right. Let's, uh, let's do this. Let's kind of do a quick lightning round with just some uh, bonus tips here of anything else that we do beforehand, just getting our, our heads and our minds uh, in the right place before we talk. What, what else do you do? Yeah. So I have a, a strict rule. I do not answer emails in the hour or so leading up to my gig. And that might change depending on when, you know, the 
rehearsal is, but I might check it, make sure there's nothing urgent, you know, telling me that the, the room has changed or something, but I'm not going to answer client emails. I'm not going to be doing any of that stuff leading up to it. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. Um, just any type of interaction with something that's any type of negativity. Uh, like, I don't want to just get in, uh, you know, be reading an email, an email that's going to leave me pissed off right before I go on stage. Like, that's not going to be good for me or for the audience. Uh, one thing I try to do is, depending on the, the context, I may try to meet some, uh, some of the audience ahead of time. So when I'm on stage, I may have some familiar faces that I can look at and I can connect with. Again, some of it depends on the context, but I may go around and, you know, shake hands for uh, a little bit before the session starts. People that are coming early, going around, meeting them, and... And uh, hey, where are you from? And and you know, how's the conference been for you? Is this your first time to this city or anything like that? It's just like some type of a human connection. Um, so that's one thing I'll, I'll do from time to time. The other thing I do, it, it's sort of similar to the first thing, I guess, is I actually try not to schedule anything else on gig day. So even if it's afterward, if I've got like a call or a meeting yeah. or something that's on my on my calendar, it's going to be sort of floating around in the back of my head and I won't be able to be fully present. I'll be thinking, oh, did I send the agenda for that meeting or did I, you know, connect with so-and-so on, on that, that call we have later? So I try, I try really to have only the gig on gig days so that I don't have to worry about rushing or, or getting anywhere else, you know, with the rare exception of travel. One thing you've talked about too is making sure that you control variables and making sure that uh, everything is good to go. So you're not worried about when I get on stage, is, or is anything going to happen or is, is the right thing going to happen at the right time? So one thing I try to do is make sure I've had some type of, of audio tech walkthrough ahead of time. Um, I also try to just get on, even if there's not like a need for a big mic check, I'll try to walk around the room, get on stage ahead of time, try to get a sense of like, what's the, what is it going to be like when I'm on stage and I'm looking out? What's that going to, what am I going to be kind of looking at? Um, I'll try to figure out like if there are cameras, which camera do I need to be looking at? Um, I try to figure out what the lighting situation is going to be like with the tech guys. So it's not like we're all trying to figure it out on while I'm on stage. Um, you've probably seen some speakers who get on stage. Hey, can we, can we do this with the house lights or Hey, can you do that with these lights and like that stuff? is just obnoxious like that should have been taken care of ahead of time so um figuring out what your preferences are make sure that you discuss those ahead of time another thing too is depending on um the if there's like an, an event production company there or the high level of production finding out little details like am which side of the stage i need to enter from um am i going to do i need to turn on my mic or are you turning on my mic you know from the board or from wherever and so some of those little details i just i know what um what i need to be doing when i'm on stage so again i'm thinking about my first few lines and i'm not thinking like oh crap i need to make sure i do this and i need to all that stuff has been figured out ahead of time and the last thing that i i always try to find out ahead of time so that i feel prepared is i ask about whether there is a countdown clock or a courtesy monitor that's going to be showing the slides mm -hmm. and if so where is it and what does it look like so yeah you know Sometimes you have a situation where they're going to hold up a card in the back of the room to give you a five-minute warning. Sometimes that's a 10-minute warning. Sometimes that means your time is up. Yep. You, know, you may have the, the slide down in front or the screen down in front maybe showing you your current slide. It may be showing you the next slide. So for me, knowing all of those things in advance helps me feel more prepared when I'm walking out onto that stage that I know what to expect and I know how I can interact with all of these resources that are being given to me. And even like you mentioned, like a countdown clock of knowing is the clock counting up or is it counting down? So again, so simple, so silly, but if you're in your head thinking, oh, it's going to be counting up and then you get on stage and it's counting down, you go, oh crap, I got to do a lot of math for the rest of my time here. Um, so just knowing those little variables can, can really make a big difference. But I mean, it sounds like ultimately, 
we both have pretty similar routines, but every speaker is going to be slightly different. And you need you need, just need to have some type of routine for preparing for the gig. So rehearsing your material, when you're backstage, what you do the day of, all of those little nuances are going to be different. So figuring out and, and determining what makes the most sense and what works best for you. And I think the key is just to listen to your mind, listen to your body, know the conditions where you do your best work, whether that's on the stage, what are those conditions, behind the stage, what are those conditions, and in your room the day, the night before, what are those conditions, so you're setting yourself up for success. All right, there you go. Hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Speaker Lab Podcast. And before you take off, don't forget, if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a rating and review within iTunes. We read every single one of those. It helps it helps other people to find the show. Listen, we, we don't charge anything for you to listen to these. We don't have any ads or anything. We do this because we want to serve and support speakers like you. So one small favor we ask of you is that you would leave us some type of a rating and review. And again, we really, really do appreciate that. If you're looking for more help, support as a speaker as you build and grow your business at whatever stage you're at, don't forget to check out thespeakerlab.com, thespeakerlab.com. We got a ton of free resources and tools over there. So again, check it out over at thespeakerlab.com. All right, my friends, that wraps up today's episode. We appreciate you hanging out with us. We'll catch you next time. You're awesome.